0: Better way to do this let me show you a better way hi folks this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the survival podcast There's always one man's view of the changing world, the changing times the things we can all do to live a better life the times get tougher even if they don't. Today is October 27, 2014, and this is episode 1453 of the Survival Podcast. And uh, it's Monday, and it's really, really late when this show's going out, and there's a reason I'll talk about in just a minute. I will tell you that the title of this show is not a listener feedback show. It's called Challenging the Myths About Voting, and it's because I wrote an article today that took so long to get it out called, Why I'm Not Voting This Year. A lot of people are really angry with me already over that article. I think most of the people really angry with me, though didn't read the article and don't actually know what the article says. I'm going to tell you what the article says if you don't want to take your time to read it. You can skip me reading it when I do if you've read it yourself and don't need to hear me read it. And then I'm going to talk about myths. I've got a whole list of myths. And I'd like to thank the people that are angry with me because a lot of these myths I had never heard before. Some of them are old standards, but a lot of them I'd never heard before. And uh, I got to look at all your comments and response to my articles and make a list of those myths. So the show took longer to get out today, but that's because it was actually built in real time. Before I get into the topic, even before I do the housekeeping, I want to say up front today, I am not trying to convince you to do or not do anything in today's show with regard to voting. I am challenging you to examine rhetoric that you've been told programming that's been made, and if you're going to continue to do something to actually build for yourself a defense of why you're acting the way that you are, that's based on fact, not based on illusions, okay? That's what I'm actually, so what you should get out of today, whether whether you care about voting or not, is an actual exercise in the examination of things that are predisposed to be true that may not be true and how determining they're not true, how they are lies that have led you to do something won't necessarily change your actions, but it'll sure change your reasons behind your actions. That's a life skill. I'm really big into liberty, folks. And acting in a certain way because of something you believe to be true that is false is not liberty. Today's show is not designed to change your voting habits who you vote for, if you vote, et cetera. It is designed to change the way you think about your decision-making process. It's just a topical subject to use for that purpose. Before I do that, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day number one today, Sawtooth Tactical. All the stuff you need to live that tactical lifestyle, you'll find it at sawtac.com. Veteran-owned, veteran-operated, nestled in the Sawtooth wilderness of Idaho. That is why, in fact, they are called Sawtooth. Sawtooth Tactical. Check them out today. Next up today, Backwoods Home Magazine. Hey, you want to learn all about how to be self-sufficient, self-reliant with a libertarian flair? You will find it at BackwoodsHome.com. What's my main endorsement for BackwoodsHome.com? I became a subscriber in 1994. I am still a subscriber in 2014. That's 20 years. I don't think there's any other company that I have a 20-year relationship with other than I guess. State Farm Insurance Company, and that's not really an endorsement of State Farm. i got to have somebody. That's who I started with. They never screwed me, so I stayed there. Backwoods Home is a purely voluntary relationship, though, and I have stayed the 20-year course, and I think if you check them out, you'll see why. Check them out today, backwoodshome.com. Next up today, let us take a look at the year that was the episode. The episode's 1453, so the year is 1453. In the TSP Wiki today, I have two for you from Alex Shrugged. 100 Years War, The Last Battle... And the fall of Constantinople. I'm going to do the Hundred Years' War, the last battle, because it is kind of a monumentous thing with some relevant things to modern day. The fall of Constantinople it qualifies the same way. Just I prefer Hundred Years' War today. You can read all of it at TSPWiki.com with the history entry for 1453. The Hundred Years' War, the last battle, since the death of King Henry V of England in France. The And the crowning of King Henry VI, the Hundred Years' War has been prosecuted by the Duke of Bedford, an able commander. With the death of Bedford, the English fight has faltered. King Charles the Seventh of France has overcome his chronic depression, thanks to the office of the Royal Mistress, and led a st- standing army of 20 companies of hand-picked mercenaries supported directly by government, rather than by plunder. The beginnings of professional military, with the inspiration of Joan of Arc, the French troops have been so successful that all they have to do is roll up their cannons and a city will surrender without a shot fired. The final battle of this war is fought at Castilian. John Talbot advances his troops into the French firing line when he mistakes Flying Dust as the retreat of the French. The English have lost it all except for a toehold at a city of Calais on the French coast. They also maintain a presence on the Channel Island in Gursay, But France holds Jersey Island. No one knows it yet, but the war is over. My take by Alex Shrugged. When one side wants peace at any price, they pay a heavy price. England has lost France forever. An economic slump has produced a general rebellion throughout Europe, and especially in England and Flanders. King Henry will take the blame for it, mostly because the nobles who own the lands in France are now disowned. This will have an unexpected effect on strengthening the English parliament, since it is the last bastion of stability against a passive and mentally ill king. The seeds of the War of the Roses have been sown. The nobles of York want a new king, someone who is not a Lancaster. So this was an incredible period of warfare. It's not the end of warfare for France and England, but it is the end of it here. And what I actually think we can learn from it is twofold. One, the French, with the right military, were able to roll up to a city just sit there and the city would just surrender, and they never had to fire a shot. I will tell you the reason the city surrendered is because they had created a a reputation where if you surrendered, we won't fire a shot. If they'd gone in and sacked everybody, surrender or not, they would have found fights. They might have still won them, but they would have found fights. In other words, sometimes the best way to fight a battle is through the issuance of peace. Peace through strength, in the words of one of our former presidents, might be another way to look at that. That's just my take on this. Uh, Next up, before we get into the main topic of today's show, if you are not yet a member of my support brigade, the MSB as we call it, or Member Support Brigade, do consider joining. If you find the show to be worth about 20 cents an episode, consider joining, and you'll get great discounts on a membership that more than pays for itself. Military, Law Enforcement, Peace Corps, active duty and prior service, and first responders like EMTs, paramedics, and firefighters, all of you do qualify for a discount. If uh, you email me before, or not after you join, send the email to jack at the survival podcast.com. Put service discount in the subject line. One or two sentences about your service, and I will respond back to you with that discount code. Again, do this before, or not after you join. Now, let's get into the main topic of today's show. And again, this is spurred by an article that I wrote called Why I Will Not Be Voting This Year. Okay. Or Why I Won't Bother to Vote This Year. And again, um, I got a lot of really hostile responses from this, on especially on Facebook. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting to me. People get so hostile. The, the, the interesting thing is the people that are the most hostile are people that you can tell by their response. They actually aren't responding to the article. They're responding to the title of the article. So the problem with that is you're responding to something with complete ignorance as to what you're responding to. And I think there's a big lesson there in a lot of things in life. Voting again today... It's just one element in our lives where we assume things to be a certain way. And we think that you're wrong if you don't assume those things to be the same way we do. And it's a convenient, time-sensitive topic to examine this type of thinking with today. It is not, and I mean this, it is not in any way my intent to have you do anything different on November 4th than you plan to do right now. At all. Period. The end over. In fact, I have in this article... I put this at the end. I moved it to the top to try to get through to more people. And this is what the first lines of the article are now. In bold red, it says, Please note, in the entire article below, I did not once tell you not to vote if that is what you want to do. In fact, I didn't once tell you to personally do anything. Please consider that if you decide to comment on this article. So I... I, I want to kind of examine this to begin with before we even go into an examination of voting and the myths around voting and there are myths right and i want to I want to explore them today and give you my take on them. But the first thing we have to get over is a belief that whenever something hot topic comes up and somebody expresses their view, it must be for the purpose of changing your view and making you believe what they do that 's the society we live in today that is a great. Component of the dichotomy, the us and them, the Republicans versus Democrats, conservative versus liberals, black versus white, rich versus poor, and every other binary way that they can divide you. Okay, They have to have you feel that way. The people that are in power can't possibly have you hearing somebody else's opinion and understanding that they're not asking you to agree with them. Because the whole shit and mess would fall apart for him right there. Because we might actually start talking to each other and understanding each other, examining our own viewpoints, questioning our own viewpoints, defining our own rhetoric, questioning our own rhetoric, challenging ourselves, becoming more convinced through fact versus myth in our beliefs. huh? Actually being more patriotic to the ideals of our nation rather than the marketing of our nation. This would all be bad for those that are in power. So what I'd like to start out with today is, again, a statement. I am not trying to change what you do. Okay, I am asking you, if you have reasons for what you're doing, that you go on a journey of examination with me today, and I'm totally okay if you come up with a completely different conclusion than I do, but I'd like you to consider my conclusions, and if you want to tell me they're wrong, I'd like you to respond with facts or mathematics, or logic, rather than emotion and feeling and idealism, okay? Because if you can't make a case, when a person says, A is contorted to be true, it is not true, it is false, here is why it is false, okay? What they've used then is grammar, rhetoric, and logic to make a case. If you have a legitimate response, you should be able to respond in kind, not, oh, you're stupid. Or oh, you're not patriotic. Or oh, well then we should just have the King of England take over again, or something like that. You should actually be able to substantial, substantively respond to that which is presented. And I'm very interested, and I'm not saying that facetiously. I am extremely in, interested in anything based on substance and fact, mathematics and logic and reality that refutes anything that I have to say today, because I have to tell you the truth, I am not happy about what I have to say today. I am not pleased in any way to feel that I'm right about this. Before I go through the myths, though, I'd actually like to read you the article that's already caused such a stink, why I won't bother to vote this year, and then a disclaimer I already read, so I won't read it again. For those of you making a big deal about the coming elections and posting meme after meme on Facebook, I have three things to say. One, Hillary Clinton isn't running, so you are not stopping Hillary. Number two, Barack Obama isn't running, so you're not stopping Obama. Three, if you want to know if your elections will even be in play this year at all, visit RealClearPolitics.com. There you can see with amazing accuracy the results in advance of over 90% of the elections that will take place next week. The majority of state national elections are already determined. Your vote isn't going to matter, and neither will mine. Please don't insult my intelligence by telling me it is important for me to vote in elections that will be won by margins of more than 25% in most instances. That is, act, that is the reality in my state and county. Even a Common Core student can do that math. My state senators, my state house reps, my federal reps, and my governor and lieutenant governor are all predetermined, and I don't want any of them, nor do I want their opponents running my state or representing me in D.C., I know you, dear reader, do not live in Texas, but if you go to realclearpolitics.com, you will note that 10 Senate seats are toss-ups. But if you dig deeper, you'll see that seven are almost definite out of those. Three are real toss-ups. You will see the GOP will likely take over the Senate and is going to 100% keep the House. That is a known. If the GOP takes the Senate, rhetoric will change, but the results won't, and the GOP will keep the House. So that isn't even an issue. This election is billed as important but it's one of the least important in history. Those of you that want Obamacare repealed, it won't happen. The GOP is already selling you out. and There's a link to where that's shown. Those of you that want to stop amnesty, you can't. The GOP will give it to you in 2016 to 2017, along with expanding, not repealing Obamacare. The House Majority Leader already sold you out long ago. You are told your vote counts. It doesn't, it won't, and it hasn't in the lives of most adults. The winner in all these elections is the power elite. The loser is the people. This is the only constant. Voting for a third party won't work. Neither will voting for the lesser of two evils. Right now, every voter is doing nothing but pissing into the wind and supporting one mafia, extortionist, traitorous, murderous family over the other. No matter who wins this election, Ebola will still exist and still represent less of a threat to you than, say, too many Big Macs or slipping in a bathtub. The complete destruction of our private healthcare industry will continue unabated, and by twenty twenty the government will be running health care. By twenty eighteen the nation will be over twenty one trillion dollars in debt and have over one hundred and thirty eight trillion in unfunded liabilities. Our southern border will not be secure and illegals will still be handed government benefits. The total number of people, citizens and non citizens on welfare and food stamps will continue to grow. The deficit will continue to remain well over 400 billion annually, assuming no more bailouts and destroying the free market in order to save it interventions. If any of those occur, occur of course it will be back into trillion dollar territory. No matter who is in power, they will tell you that ISIS, which they created is a threat, and use as an excuse to take more of your liberty. They will use the same fear to continue to bomb innocent people in a part of the world that should be left the hell alone to sort out its own problems. No matter who is in charge, your constitutionally protected rights will continue to be trampled on. The NSA will continue to collect all your data, insist that it it's for your own protection. They will even brag about spending billions of your dollars, billions, billions of dollars of your money, and do so uh, to do so and showcase a massive data center larger than U.S. Capitol building, like some fine jewel you should admire. And I have a link to the NSA website where they're telling you how great the data centers I have a big picture of it. You paid billions for that so that they could track everything you do online. And your grandmother, too, by the way. So that's back to the article. No matter who runs the Senate, the House, or the White House, we will continue to see Common Core degrade the intelligence of our children in the name of making us competitive, with techniques like taking 108 steps to solve the equation of 90 divided by 18. That's a real problem. I have a link to commentary on it. The nation will remain on track to have us all taxed by the mile by the year 2025 at the latest. I have a link to the federal government's plan to do that, uh, which will result in the wholesale tracking of all motor vehicles throughout the nation. Those of you who want me to vote and tell me how important it is that I do so will have to do better than telling me that the lesser of two evils is the best that we can do. You will have to point to at least one place, and all the things above I have just listed where my vote will have any effect on even one of them. You see, I don't care which which party takes my rights. I simply care that both parties are constantly taking my rights day and night, and that half the people cheer for one tyrant and half for the other. I know that we have been programmed to believe that we are a representative democracy in the form of a republic, and that every vote counts. Well, I'm sorry, that is a nice idea, but as a grown adult, should we not examine such claims with a critical eye? Should we just accept this good citizenship programming, or might we consider the claim that the U.S. is an oligarchy? I have done so, and I have noticed every government since 1980, when I was old enough to pay attention, followed constants. Number one, the size of government got bigger. Number two, the freedoms of every American were reduced. Number three, the national debt grew. Number four, the unfunded liabilities grew. Number five, the producers were taxed at a higher rate when total taxes were considered. So even, just so you can aside here, if you say, well, so-and-so cut taxes, when you look at how much the the middle class paid in taxes, in total taxes, all the whole bill, it's always gone up. They pinch down one place and you pay more somewhere else, especially when you average it across the board, just so you understand that one. Uh, number six, the consumers were fed more of the national pie. Number seven, the number of consumers got bigger, grew. Number eight, the number of producers fell. Number nine, the majority party always blames the minority party for not being able to get things done. Number ten, the minority party always blames the majority party for not being able to get things done. Number eleven, all the power is actually wielded by those who fund politicians, not the politicians themselves. And number twelve, the same people that fund the Republicans fund the Democrats and vice versa. The truth is the system is rigged. It's a big club and you're not in it. And I have a link to George Carlin talking about that. And the only way on is to focus on what you can influence rather than that which you are concerned about. So don't worry. If I ever think my vote matters and if I ever see a place where we have a real choice, I will participate in it. But I won't insult the intelligence of the average person by telling them a flat out lie. Right now your vote doesn't count. It won't matter and it isn't going to change anything. I'm open to being wrong about this, but let me tell you what it will take. You will have to show me an election where my vote would have changed both the outcome and the result. The outcome is the winner. This you might find in some obscure election somewhere, likely where I could not have personally voted for the candidate anyway. But the truth is the result is more important. You will have to show me where and when voting for the D versus the R or the R versus the D will actually change any of the 12 points I made above in any meaningful way. You will have to convince me that congressmen are not fully controlled by the party due system. When I have party due system linked to com, I challenge you to go look at that. It will change forever the way you think about politics if you've never seen it before. Um, look, I don't want to be right about this. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me feel smart that I know this entire political game is a lie. It doesn't give me pleasure that our lives are run by a group of power elite and our elections are simply an illusion and a marketing campaign to get us to be happy in our modern form of serfdom. I would love to tell you that your vote matters and real reform is possible in the current system and society. I would also love to tell you that Neverland is real and you can go there and stay young forever. I would like to tell you that Tooth Fairy will really leave you a silver silver dollar under your pillow in exchange for your tooth as well. But would you believe me if I did? Look, just because something sounds good doesn't make it true. So go ahead if you really think voting matters and make your case to the think mo- so go ahead if you really think voting matters and make your case to the world for your side of the dichotomy write memes make phone calls write your reps i won't fault you for it it is your right it is also my right to vote by not voting to state that none of the candidates are worthy of running my nation state county or city to exercise my patriotism by not endorsing people i see as shills Traitors, oppressors, and often killers by not granting them the honor and the privilege of my vote. Yes, receiving a vote is a privilege, not a right. Politicians are not entitled to votes that are not and they are they are not I'm sorry, politicians are not entitled to votes. They are not entitled to me voting for or against them. When you question a person's patriotism for not voting, do you realize that you are saying the opposite? If I am obligated by duty to vote then one of the people I do not want to vote for must be entitled to my vote. Under critical examination, that is fact. The fact that you will vote for these people and I won't doesn't make you a better American than me. It doesn't mean that you're more patriotic either. As a patriot, I stand willing to risk my life to defend the rights of every American equally. I stand ready, if needed, to defend the rights of property, privacy, and personal liberty of all Americans, regardless of sex, religion, sexual orientation, age, or race. So as a patriot, I refuse to endorse people who stand in opposition to those things. As I have yet to see a politician that isn't for infringing on the rights and freedoms of some Americans to the benefit of other Americans, none right now are qualified for the privilege of receiving my endorsement in the form of a vote. In short, if you want me to vote, you'll need to give me something to vote for. Voting against something is the greater of two evils as an old movie. I'm tired of watching this movie, and I already know how it ends. So I've left the stale popcorn on the sticky floor and simply walked out of the dim political theater during the Coming Soon promotions. Instead of watching this choreographed nonsense, I have focused on my own life and the lives of those I can help, influence, and be a good example to. I will put my energy where it has an impact. In reality, rather than the feel-good illusions of a mass media programmed mind. That's how I feel. You are absolutely entitled to feel differently. In fact, I think you have every right to feel differently. You have a right to tell me I'm wrong. You don't have a right to question my patriotism over my stance, though. And if you do, well, we'll go through that as we go through these myths. I want to talk about the myths of voting, and why we believe what we believe about them, and should we believe what we believe about them. So again, I'm not trying to tell you not to vote. What I'm telling you is, if as I go through these objections, if you say, I agree with that, let's examine it and see why you agree with it, and let's see if it's true. The number one objection that I get is, people died for your right to vote, so you should vote. Don't you know people died for your, there's people fighting right now for your right to vote. Okay, see, I was in the military. I even served during a conflict, the first Gulf War. Even served in a combat theater. So, I was someone willing to get my ass shot at. Now, I'm not a war hero. I was a mechanic. Turned wrenches, okay? Didn't even do a lot of that at that particular time. We're kind of like a body count. But I was willing to wear the uniform, and I was willing to put my life at risk for my fellow Americans. So, it's kind of a non-starter when you tell a, 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 a veteran who was willing to serve during time of war, that people died for you. Because, well, I was willing to do that too. And, thinking critically, I think to myself, when I was willing to do that, was I thinking, I'm going to be willing to get killed to defend the right to vote. Man, there's a whole list, a whole shitload of things that at the time were more important to me than defending your right to vote. What I believed I was defending was your freedom. Voting was just a means by which that freedom was enacted. Okay. When when I was willing to do that, it wasn't like, I'm going out there so that Tim can vote. I really don't care what Tim does. In fact, I would tell you this. I was I was willing to risk my life as much to preserve your right to vote as to preserve your right to not vote. So, to me, that entire objection is a non-starter. First, because I have at least some level of personal street credibility with it. But the bigger reason is because most of our people that aren't just program Jones that do think for themselves, especially when you get veterans and they're a little bit older and they think back, they think, you know what, it's just as important to preserve somebody's right to say something I disagree with as it is to preserve somebody's right to say that which I do agree with. So it's just as important to preserve their right to do something I agree with as it is to, uh, to preserve something for them to, to do something I don't agree with as long as they're not hurting anybody else. Right, And me not voting doesn't hurt you. I know that the TV has led you to believe that it does, but it doesn't. Let me say before I go on much further, many of you who would tell me how wrong I am for voting would tell me a lot more about how wrong I am if I did vote because I wouldn't vote the way you would expect. Just saying. Um, Next thing is, voting's brought us great things. Without voting, we wouldn't have Social Security and Civil Rights Act. One guy posted a list of all these great things government did, and I'm like, I don't want any of that. First of all, why do we have a Civil Rights Act? Well, because government that was put in place by voters took away the rights of people who were of a different color. We needed a Civil Rights Act not to restore the natural balance of liberty among people, but to, to, to take at least partially away from the unnatural balance of liberty created by government in the first place. So if we didn't have a government take away rights, we wouldn't have needed a government to give them back. Or to maybe, I should say, not give them back, but to recognize their pre-existence. See, a black person is born with the same rights that you have, if you're white or Mexican or Asian or whatever. They have those rights. The government doesn't give them those rights. The government is charged with protecting their rights. And I don't think that that historically governments have done a very good job of protecting the rights of individuals. They've done a great job of manipulating people with the belief of said rights, Okay, so that they could get one group of people to oppress another group of people, and then tell those people how wrong they were for doing that. Now we need to change it. But as long as you keep your eye on the ball instead of on the pitcher, they're fine with it. Okay, I'll throw the ball over. You're like dogs to them. We'll just throw the ball over there, they'll all run over there, right? Because when you throw your tennis ball, the dog doesn't look at you once you throw the ball, right? You can go back in the house. He's got his ball. He's all happy. That's what they're doing to you. So. When you tell me the government gave with voting, we got the Civil Rights Act. Well, I would tell you with voting, we got the conditions necessary to have a Civil Rights Act. So it's not that the Civil Rights Act wasn't a good thing. It was. It's not that that is not actually an example of voting helping people. Okay, That's fine. That's fine. I'm not saying voting in of itself is wrong. I'm just saying that the only reason that was necessary is the same system was first used to create oppression. Now, Social Security, (laughs) I I, I have a hard time believing that anybody that listens to this show would object to my stance and say, but what about Social Security? Because my response would be, well, it's bankrupting the country. We should never have done it. And if people had 15% of their income to save on their own, which is how much does Social Security really cost you, because you have your piece and the part that your your, your uh, employer matches, if you're self-employed, you're very familiar with how this works, that if we gave people that, they would be able to be much better off than having the government spend their money today and promise to pay it back tomorrow, that they could actually invest it in things. And somebody said, well, some people don't invest. But that's their right to not invest. That's their right to squander their own future. It's not my responsibility to take and look after people who refuse to look after themselves. We've actually created a dependent society with all of these programs that voting brought us. So when you tell me voting has done good things, my response is, well, many of those things I don't actually want, right? Another one was it was a 40-hour work week. I haven't worked a 40-hour work week in 15 years, and I work for myself. So I don't need government to define how long I'm supposed to work, How many people would work less than 40 hours without that being the standard? Minimum wage. How many people would make more than minimum wage if there wasn't one? that currently make minimum wage. The very existence justifies paying it. Well, that's what we pay. Well, I guess I have to take that. No, you don't. Say, I don't want to work here then. See if they say, well, you know, we can do a little better. Okay, great. Let's talk about it. I got my first job when I was 14 years old. Minimum wage was 335 an hour, and I got 450 which is a little better than 25% better than minimum wage. At 14, my first job in a coal region of Pennsylvania, an area that's been in the Depression since before the Great Depression happened and never came out of it. So don't tell me you can't do it. So all of these things that we're telling me government needs to do for me, I don't agree with anyway. And then you're saying, well, we need to vote to get more of it. Well, if voting gives me more of that, I don't want it. So I'm just saying, no, voting didn't bring us those things. Voting did not bring us those things. And where it did, it was only necessary because voting first gave us those things. So, again, now, here's another thing, though, the Civil Rights Act. So if I could go back in time, I could vote in the elections that led us to the Civil Rights Act, are you going to tell me that my vote would have changed anything if I voted the other way? We wouldn't have it now? I'm telling you mathematically, that doesn't add up that the majority have already made a decision. And that's the direction we're going. And that's not the way a republic's supposed to work, and it's because we don't have enough individual protections. And voting for them isn't going to give them back to you. I'm just saying. That's my opinion. Okay, but here's the next one. But there's also important regional, local issues, ballot initiatives, stuff like that. I completely agree. If, number one, the issue is something you actually are concerned about and actually affects you, and two, if your side has a hill of beans chance of winning. See, this has never happened for me. I've never had a local initiative or a ballot initiative to vote on where it was actually possible for the side that I was for to win or to even be close. So if you show me a ballot initiative and there is potential for it to lead to greater liberty and freedom, or cut government spending, or stop a government program from being created, or do anything to either reduce the size of government, or prevent the growth of government, or to restore liberties that should already exist for people, I will vote for it. Assuming my vote has a chance in hell of mattering. If the polls already show that the measure is going to pass or fail by 25%, my vote doesn't count. And me voting then only serves to feed my ego and make me feel good and say, well, I did my patriotic duty, which we'll get to in a minute. But it doesn't actually change the election. See, what I'm telling you is I don't vote, and I'm not voting specifically this year because I can't see a single place where my vote will matter. Either way. Where I would vote for anything other than either what's going to happen or what I vote for has any chance in hell of happening. So, why should I? Why not spend my time getting ready to teach about 40 people that are going to be here for our fall event? How to grow their own food, how to empower their own personal liberty. Won't that actually, isn't it more important that I do good at that? They go tick a couple boxes because you feel that I should. That's what I'm saying. Um, here's my favorite one. This is this is the biggest pile of bullshit that has ever been introduced into this debate. If you don't vote, you don't get to bitch or complain. Oh, no, 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 no. That does not, that does not, as you say, that dog does not hunt. Okay? I pay a shitload of taxes. They take my money without my approval, with the threat of violence at the point of a gun, and do shit with it, I don't want them to. Like, oppress your rights. That's all the right I need to bitch, complain, or to try to prevent it by other means. There's there's actually far more productive things we can do to stop things than vote. In many instances, we're much better off using a court system to interfere with government oppression than a ballot box. Because most of the time, both people running for office... Are actually for the same thing. So what's my choice? Where would I be better off going in and obstructing the government's ability to do something I don't want them to do, or voting someone who might do it for someone who might do it a little bit more palatable for me? Say I don't want it done. I want it stopped. Voting doesn't stop it. Just change how. But you don't get to tell me that I don't get to complain, right? What you're insinuating is I'm not doing anything to create a solution. Well, first of all, that assumes that you voting. Does anything to help create a solution doesn't necessarily do so, okay? But you're 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 inferring that like I have to purchase my right to dissent through the endorsement of somebody I don't like. That's what you're that's what you're saying here. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. I'm a citizen of this country. I've worn the uniform of this country and served this nation. I've built multiple businesses. I've springboarded other businesses that have contributed to the tax base and to the communities of this nation. I've helped plenty of people do plenty of things. And if none of that was true, I still have a right to bitch and so do you whether you vote or not. That is a talking point. It and there is no logical way to defend that talking point. This is where we're starting to get into some of these that just they go off the rails to a point where that doesn't actually mean anything. That actually doesn't make any case for anybody any way whatsoever unless we just believe it because it sounds true. You can't make that case valid. There's no logical way to do so because it fails on any way that we would examine it. So if you vote for somebody okay, and that person does something that you didn't want them to do Do you have no right to complain about it because you voted for him? So if you voted for Barack Obama, and, well, you thought he would de-escalate the violence in the Middle East, and now he's increasing it. Have you no right to complain because you voted for him? To To say I have no right to complain because I didn't vote at all would be the same as telling you, well, you voted for him, you can't complain. Now, if you'd voted against him, you're feeling really good about that. So does that mean when you voted for George Bush? Okay. And he did things you didn't want to You had no right to complain about it. See, it just fails. It fails everywhere you can examine it. There is no substance that you don't get to complain or bitch because you didn't vote. It's just a talking point that sounded good. right? See, the problem with talking points is they almost never pan out to be real. What this makes me think of, there's a story. Motivational speakers use it. Preachers use it to like tell people, like, what you do is important. It matters. And the story is this. There's this little boy. He's walking down the beach, and all the little fishes are swimming up and dying on the beach. Little boy looks down and sees the fishes flipping, their gills going, and they're dying. He says, I'm going to do something. So he starts picking these little fish up. He starts throwing them back into the ocean. And a man comes along, because he's not as wise as a little boy, of course. He says, son, what are you doing? And he says, I'm saving these fish. And the man says, boy, look at the beach. There's millions and millions and millions of them dying right now. What you're doing doesn't matter. The wise sage of a little boy reaches down. He picks up the fish, knowingly looking at this individual and says, to this one, it matters, and he throws him in the water. Well, it sounds nice, and that's a lot of this voting crap that we hear all this rigmarole around it, that your vote matters, it's important, every one person, one vote, every vote counts, people died for your right to vote. If you don't protect it, you don't keep it, you know, all this stuff. Okay, well, here's the problem. It's like the fish story. The fish are washing up on the beach by the millions because it's their time to die. All the little boy has done by picking the fish up and throwing him back in the water is cause this fish to have to swim back onto land to resume his dying process. He's not going to go away. He's dead. The action didn't matter. It might feel good. And the alternative might be, well, we have to do something, right? That's the other thing. Uh, my response is, sure, the fish are dying on the beach. We have to do something. They're still alive and nice and fresh. Get a bucket. Let's have a smelt fry. Really good. That's what you do when the fish are washing up on shore. You actually accept the situation and you adapt to it. You don't do something to feel good about it, even though it doesn't change anything, and then convince yourself that that's what you've done. So, yes, I have every right. To bitch about the actions of my government. Whether I vote or not. And I'll save the rest for a bit. Because we're getting into all these non-starters now. Next one. Not voting is unpatriotic or un-American. It just ties right into it, doesn't it? So in other words, I'm not a patriot if I don't vote. It's un-American for me not to vote. Real patriots vote. Well, hold on a second. I believe that if you kill people through the use of force, who have done you no harm, that you are a murderer. Okay, The people that are running for office that you want me to vote for, many of them think it's okay to do that. In most elections, I have two people that have two different ways that they think that's acceptable. So patriotically, I'm supposed to vote for one of those? Hold on. I think as a patriot, my belief is that every individual has a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I've heard that someone, somewhere before. Can't quite remember where, but I think there's a piece of paper somewhere that those words are written on. They actually freaking mean something to me. I actually believe those words. Okay? I, I actually believe those words. And there's another piece of paper somewhere that talks about individual rights and the right that government should not interfere with those individual rights. And at one time in my life, I held up my right hand, and I I took an oath to that piece of paper. So I actually believe those words too. So as a patriot, I don't feel that I should endorse somebody and give them the honor and privilege of my endorsement when I don't want them running my nation, my city, or my town. And you are not more patriotic than I am Because I choose to exercise my right to not endorse those people and you choose to exercise your right to endorse he who you think or she who you think will do a better job. I would actually tell you that if I am truly patriotic, if I truly believe in the ideals that are America, then it is incumbent upon me as a patriot to follow my conscience and what I sanction as a patriot. And what you're asking me to do is sanction people that I think are liars and thieves and shills, and in many cases, murderers. Well, I'm not going to do that. And I actually find it patriotic that I'm willing to stand up and tell you, as a patriot, I'm not going to do that. That's who I see many of these people as being. Uh, Next one. I never heard this one today, and I heard it from a bunch of people. Not voting is emitting defeat. Oh, boy, there's one that doesn't pass logic at all. You can't make a case for that. Actually, I can make a case for the other way around. So if I look at two people running for office and say I'm not voting for either one of these people, I mean I know one of them's going to win. In fact, I can go to a website and it'll tell me which one's going to win. You know, with 95% or better accuracy. Vegas won't even take odds on this. So one of them's already going to win. I don't know who that's going to be. Me voting mathematically will not alter the equation, no matter how much you try to tell me it will. Okay. And, and so I'm just not going to vote. Now you're saying, well, you're admitting defeat. No, I'm actually claiming victory. I'm actually saying you can't make me endorse someone that I don't approve of. That I'll go out and make my own way, and I'll stop asking for shit. See, because generally when we vote, we're actually voting for people that will give us the stuff we want versus give the people we oppose the stuff they want. So I'm saying, I'm not going to ask you for anything anymore. I'm going to go out and deal with the crap that you've made the world into and do the best I can with it and make my own way without a need to come by and and, and tacitly endorse what you're doing through my action of voting. So I have an admitted defeat. You, on the other hand, not all of you, but those of you who really, if you hold your nose when you make your vote, if you're like, I really, really do not want this person but by God, I want this other person even less. It is you that have admitted defeat. It's you that have admitted defeat. What you've said is their system so controls you that you will give your endorsement to someone you don't want. You will vote yes to hire somebody who you don't want hired. Will we either have A or B? No. No. We don't. There's also C, D, E, F, and G, but they're not at the party right now, so I can't vote for any of them, so I'm not voting for this guy. Not because I'm admitting defeat, because I'm claiming victory for myself as an individual. I don't need you. You understand that? That's that's what not voting is a statement of. We don't need you. This is why your government runs all these things. You gotta vote. You gotta, because see, they don't care who you vote for, they just care that you vote. They care that you follow the pre-programmed system and you spout all these talking points that I'm tearing apart right now. No, not voting is not admitting defeat, but voting for that which you hate is an admission to defeat. It's an admission that's the best we can do. I have to accept this system the way that it is. The person that doesn't vote says, no, I don't. I don't have to accept this shit. You don't get me to tell you it's okay to do what you're doing when I completely disagree with what you're doing. The next one, your vote really matters. It counts. Every vote counts. It's almost like, uh, what, what do you call it when people uh, go against the church? Uh, blasphemy, right? It's like a blasphemy to tell people your vote doesn't count. That's why like people are so angry about it. They don't even read the article that I wrote. They just saw the well. Well, he must be saying that hey, our vote doesn't count. And that's horrible. That's wrong. It's evil. But is it true? So here's what I'm saying. Mathematically... percent of the time. And with 99.9999999% accuracy, you will know before you vote that your vote's not going to count. Right now, in my state, my county, every single thing on the ballot for this election cycle is known. Again, there's not a casino in Las Vegas... That would take the other side of a single election on the ballot that I have. Okay? It's already known. You can look at the polls. Most things and most candidates are going to win by a 25% or better margin. Okay? Me voting won't change a 25% margin. In fact, if every single person that listens to my show that lives where I do, which is a pretty good number of people, I would imagine, were to listen to me through my influence and go out and vote in opposition on those elections, it still wouldn't change the outcome of the election. So when I say your vote doesn't count, I mean that mathematically, your vote doesn't count. Well, it it counts in spirit. Well, that doesn't actually get things done. Not that kind of spirit, anyway. You know? Well, it, it counts because you're making a statement. People make statements every day that have no influence on anybody. No. It doesn't count. It doesn't matter. And there's enough voter fraud out there to believe that even when it would have counted, many times it doesn't. All right? And that's on both sides. If you think, well, the, the Republicans are always rigging elections, not the Democrats. Oh, come on. Right? And if you say it the other way, so Democrats Republicans are always honest about the way they run over. Now, come on. Come on. I mean, if you want me to vote, you got to make a platform that makes fraud a little bit harder to pull off. I mean, just first of all. But no, your vote doesn't count. It doesn't really matter. It, it, I'm going to put it to you this way. If I took every person listening to this show right now that disagrees with me on this matter, And I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sit you down, and we are going to ask you a series of questions under polygraph. And one of those questions is going to be, will your vote change the outcome of any part of any election that you're going to vote in this year? And you said yes. Every single one of you that said yes, that's of sound mind and body anyway, would liar. You know that mathematically it doesn't count. You know that you are not going to personally change the election. And you know that in most elections, most initiatives, that the majority is such that even if you could get a thousand of your best friends to go down there and vote with you your way, you wouldn't change it. And the only way you could is if it's like a town election or something and it's like only two or 3,000 people are going to vote and then go out and get them to vote then. If you really believe, you'll go, that's the best one there is. If you're going to vote in something, see, I'm not voting because that doesn't exist for me. If it did, I might. If I lived in Sheboyganville, right, and we had 800 people in the whole town, and there was initiatives about doing things or not doing things or creating liberties, and I thought, well, I could get out and talk to people and make this happen, I would do it. It would make sense. Where I live doesn't exist for me, and where most Americans, it doesn't exist for you either. The big elections are all bought and paid for. Many of the small ones are bought and paid for too, by the way. Don't think there's not a lot of corruption in small towns. My God. So I'm not faulting you for voting, but I'm telling you that I know that in this election, my vote would not count. It wouldn't change anything. Therefore, it's not worth the energy just to feel good about it. That's all I'm saying. The next one. If you really cared, then you'd run for office yourself. That was a new one to me today, too. I said on Facebook, Well, when's the last time you put forth the effort to get your name on a ballot? 2006. 2006. Texas State House. Ran as a libertarian. I was slandered. I was reported for fundraising fraud, even though I did no fundraising. And even though I did no fundraising, the accusation enough was enough that I had to pay a $100 fine. All right. So most of the people that say that, you've never run for office either. You don't know anything about it. You've never gone to definingthemachine.com and found out what actually happens to a member of the U.S. House the day they show up for their first day as a freshman congressman. You don't know that the first thing that happens to that person is they're handed a bill for their party dues for about a quarter of a million dollars. And they're told, you won't get to do anything until you pay that bill. And the way you pay that bill is, here's a list, go call donors and do fundraising. You don't know that when you make that statement. You're also inferring that I actually want to control the lives of other people. See, my whole stance, and you don't have to share it, that's the beauty of living in a republic, if that's what we actually lived in anymore, is that we don't have to agree as long as we don't infringe on each other's individual rights. So I don't want to be in government, and not wanting to be in government doesn't make me less of a patriot. I don't have an obligation to be in government. I absolutely do not have an obligation to serve in government. And it's absolutely ridiculous that anybody would infer that I do. And most people that are actually the kind of people you'd want in government don't want power and control over other people. That's what makes them the right person. So to me, that's another, another non-starter, Okay. Next one is what if everyone didn't vote like you do? Well, first of all, that's not going to happen. The first thing we have to do to start thinking a little more critically in our lives is to not worry about shit that's not going to happen. So why am I not worried about Ebola? I'm not going to get Ebola. I'm not going to go to the hospital and treat a person with Ebola, and I'm not going to go to Africa and, and, and be in a place where Ebola is rampant. So I'm not. So I'm not going to worry about that. Well, somebody could get it, uh huh, and they should worry about it. They should take protective measures and what have you. Since it's not likely to happen to me, I'm not going to worry about it. So I wish they'd, they'd throw an election and nobody would show up. Well, then we just get... Well, what you'd get is exactly what you have. All the incumbents would stay in office and have to figure out how the hell do we rule a people that knows they don't need us anymore. So that would be great, first of all. But the the bigger thing is it's not going to happen. You know, not only can we tell you who's going to win in advance, we can tell you in off years like this year and on years like the presidential election, a month before the election, about how many people are going to vote. So if you ever look and, like, there's so few people, well, that's great because now your vote might count. So if that actually happened, those of you that still want to vote, that would be good for you. But it's not going to happen, so it's it's irrelevant. When you make an objection that's not going to occur, right, Well, what if Martians came and beamed everybody up and took their brains? I would really suck, but it's not going to happen. So it's not going to happen, so it's an irrelevant objection. Next one. Well, at least go vote for a third party and send those in power a message. It doesn't send those in power a message. They don't care. They do not care. They do not care. I would say that voting for third parties has cost Republicans at least once a presidential election. And the response by Republicans was to be more like Democrats. That's why you have a rhino party today. Republicans in the name only. The Republican Party today is more like the Democratic Party than they are like the Republican Party of 30 years ago. And the Democratic Party of today is more like the Republican Party of today than they are the Democrat Party of 30 years ago. What you're seeing is a homogenization of the political system. The current system is so controlled that it's finally uh, revealing that control. When you have candidates running against each other, running all kinds of slander ads against each other, and in the end, if you trace the money back, the same people are funding both of those ads, do you really think one is different than the other in the results that you're going to get out of them? The answer is no. So, when you vote for a third party, it doesn't send any message at all. They don't care. See, you notice when I said, well, I'm exercising my right to vote by not voting. I'm saying, screw off. Neither of you qualify. Do you notice what I didn't say? I'm sending them a message. By not voting, I'm sending them a message. I'm not sending them a message. I'm sending myself a message. You don't need them. Neither of them are worthy of your Endorsement. Go do your own shit, Jack. If there's ever a time where your vote will matter, step up and do it. Otherwise, focus on your own shit. That's all I'm saying. And I guarantee you, if you vote for Ron Paul or whoever the third party is going to be next time around, they don't care. You know? If you voted for, what was his name, Gary, uh, out of, uh, out of New Mexico that ran as a libertarian, they don't care doesn't matter to them. I just got a ballot from somebody in Texas, by the way, where there is a Libertarian and another third party running on the ballot. And there's only one person from the main parties. So so this person clearly is a Democrat or a Republican, but they're listed as Democrat-Republican. So on this ballot, there's like Constitutional Worker Party, Libertarian, and Democrat-Republican. So, like, it's the person's name, Democrat, comma, space, Republican. What do you think that means? Let me tell you what that means. <laughs> that means exactly what it looks like it means. We don't care. We know you'll pick one of these two, so we're going to say we're both. Because no, what you really have here is somebody running for office unopposed by the other party, because they know they can't win. So you have either a Democrat or a Republican that's decided I, I want this state house seat, and the the other party that let say it's a Republican. I don't even know. I don't care. It Doesn't matter. But let's say it's a Republican, and the Democratic Party goes, we're never going to win that. And they talk to everything. You want to run? And I'm like, I don't want to run. I want I don't want all this crap when I know I'm not going to win, and it doesn't. It's not a big enough thing that gives me exposure, and maybe later leads to another office or something. No, I don't want. So nobody wants nothing to do with this. So normally, in that situation, you'd have candidate A, Republican, unopposed. So these pesky third parties are there. So they know that the average voter is dumb enough that if they see Democrat and Republican, now most of them will pick that person, not even consider the third party. But, but, if it said so-and-so Democrat, and that person was a Republican, and they're sitting there looking at it, and they're going, huh, there's no Republican here. There's a Democrat, a Libertarian, and a Constitutional Family Party. Well, I don't like these Libertarians and Constitutional Parties, but that sounds better than Democrat. right? So they just simply, basically, technically ran this candidate in both primaries and magically won because nobody opposed them. This is reality. And this is how they view a third party you're so irrelevant that we will insult the intelligence of the voter and know they'll vote for us anyway. Who the hell among you would really believe somebody is a democrat republican? Oh, not not a democrat hyphen republican, right? Okay? A democrat comma republican. I'm both. I'm not independent. See, that's how little respect there is for the third party. No, you're not sending them a message. You might think you are. You might feel good about it. It might be the right thing for you to do. Understand that we all evolved through this process. I, at one time, you know, animately voted for third parties. I went to the polls just so I could. But then I examined it one day and said, is that actually doing anything? Am I accomplishing anything? Does my energy focus there do any good? The honest answer was no. So I personally chose not to do it anymore. Okay, The next one. The only way to protect your right to vote is by voting. Do you really believe that? Do you? you, Have you ever voted in an election where the other guy was saying, you know what we should do? We should get rid of this voting stuff. Vote for me. I'll get rid of it. It just, I mean, see, this is one of these things that, like, you just, if you tell a lie long enough and loud enough, people will believe it. It's a guy that said that. Didn't like him. Little mustache. Mustache. See, Kyle guy, that dude in Mein Kampf said, if we tell a lie loud enough and long enough, people will believe it. The only way to protect your vote is by voting. Okay, great. But is it true? Is it true? Are you going to vote in an election this year where if the side you're opposed to wins, voting is going to go away? You know, they they vote in North Korea... There's one guy on the ballot. That's called honest tyranny. All right, they're just honest about the tyranny. I mean, don't get me wrong. It sucks there. I don't want to go there. Oh, there's another great one. If you don't like the way it is, why don't you leave? Well, hold on, hold on. If you're voting, you're the one trying to change shit, not me. I want things left alone. or I want them to go back to the way they were. I'm not trying to change it. See, the whole act of voting is pulling toward one side or the other to affect change in the way that you want it done. So that doesn't hold up either. You're trying to change stuff, not me. I just want to be left alone. I want you to leave me alone. Let me live my life. Put up honest candidates that I actually believe put the best interest of my country, my state, my county, and my city for office. Have them run. Let them make an honest case to me. Let me believe them. And then I will say, you, good sir, are fit for the office of blank. And I hereby state that by giving you my vote. You have earned my vote. You, you deserve the privilege of my vote. See, that's the big thing. All of this concept, this is, this is the most important thing about today's show. The concept that I should vote, okay, means that one of the people in that election at least one of them is entitled to it. They have a right to it. Well, they don't. If you're running for office in an election I can vote in where I can vote for you, you do not have a right to my vote. Well, I'm saying you should vote. I'm not saying I have a right to it. If you don't want to vote for me, vote for somebody else. Well, then that means they have a right to my vote. Let's say there's three people, Democrat, Republican, and Libertarian, running for office. Uh, Let's say Texas... Uh, congressional representative for my district. And I look at the the Democrat and I go, don't want him. Look at the Republican and go, don't want him either. I even say, I like him better than a Democrat, but I don't want him. Okay? And then I look at the Libertarian and go, and in many instances, this is the case. Wow. Don't think they're qualified for the job. Great ideas, but I don't know if they know what Libertarian means. Because some of the things they're talking about doing... Aren't really very libertarian things. They sound like a very libertarian minded Republican. Okay? Because we're still talking about, you know, bombing people. So I don't want any of these three people. If you tell me I'm wrong for choosing not to vote, the only logical conclusion is that one of those individuals has a right to my vote or an expectation of my vote. That if it's my duty to render a vote, it infers somebody has the right to receive it. It's it's a trap, guys. I said it. Don't fall into it. There's no way out of that one. There's no way around it. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't vote. It just means you shouldn't turn to me and say, well, I'm not patriotic because I don't vote. Right? Or I'm not protecting my right. How about this one? If you don't vote, you're not offering up any solutions. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Let's think about that one for a minute. Okay, and I'm going to try not to talk about myself here. There are wonderful people all over the world making incredible impacts on the lives of others, on the health and vibrance of communities, in their own families, being good examples to young people, taking care of older people, in all aspects, from the secular to the spiritual, whether it's a group of people that go around and pray with old people who can't go to church anymore, or a group of secular people that go out and visit old people that can't get out and visit people anymore. All of these people are making a huge impact, and they're offering up many solutions. And they're doing more than offering solutions and forcing them on people, which is what government does. They're demonstrating the effectiveness of those solutions. I have to tell you that the most insulting thing that I've ever heard from anybody in regard to this issue is that by not voting, I'm not part of the solution. I would tell you that I'm probably a bigger part of the important solutions in this country than anybody else anywhere is solely through the action of voting. That doesn't mean you can't get certain good things done with politics. But if you think, okay, so since I show up one day every two years, tick some boxes based on the guy that's not quite as bad as the other guy, I'm actually being a positive force for good, okay? And by the way, someone that ticks the boxes exactly the opposite of me is wrong, but they're offering up solutions. But someone on that day... ...that's teaching a class... ...that's enabling people to further their lives... ...is not. We're great, he sucks. We're great, she sucks. Let me tell you something. The little old lady... ...that has the two kids from down the street in her kitchen right now... ...teaching them how to can pickles... ...because their parents don't know how to do that anymore... ...is offering up a better solution... ...to the education... ...and security of our youth than anybody is by voting for anybody, period, the end over infinity. And you make the case to me that that's not true. Again, don't try to tell me all the great things the government does. The individual objection is that by not voting, I'm not delivering any solutions. I'm not helping the country. I'm not helping my community. I'm not a force for good things. Or you're not a force for good things if you don't vote. The only way to be that, positive change in our country, is through the act of voting and political representation. That means government has all the power, folks, and you have none. I personally believe that one person who really believes in what they're doing enough to demonstrate it is a greater force for good than any politician ever has been in history. I really believe that the people that inspire us the most are not people that hold political office. And I even would tell you the people that I admire that did, I admire them more for what they did outside of office than inside of office. I certainly admire Thomas Jefferson. I'm not really a fan of his presidency, though. Maybe if you learned a little bit about some of the shit that he did during his presidency, how his actions didn't quite match his words at times, maybe you'd see why I believe that. But, so you'd have to be a student of history to know this. You'd have to actually look at what is versus what is said. The reality on the ground versus the feeling, or the marketing and the propaganda. So I believe that the greatest differences, the greatest solutions, are not offered by government. I personally believe. Now this is outside of what I'm, I'm trying to convince you of, right? This is this is my personal belief because I should vote my conscience, right? I should do what I think is right. I personally believe that the private sector, the free market. Is capable of doing everything better than government. Everything! Okay? I don't necessarily think they will, but I think they're capable of doing it better. Because it always falls back to roads and schools. And I will let the government build roads and let them have schools as long as we don't have to attend them. It's a choice, not compulsory. And you don't get to pay for it by taxing people's property. Okay? You can tax activities if you want to, but you don't get to tax people's properties. See, here's the interesting thing. Those of you who are so upset about me not voting, if I actually got to set things the way I wanted them, most of you would be very upset with me. All the things that you think are so important to defend, I don't want. Right? I mean, I am so close to being a dyed-in-the-wool anarchist, it's scary, because I never thought I would be. I consider myself, though, in practical practice, a minarchist libertarian, and as an idealist and anarchist. So you're asking me to vote for that which I despise and telling me I'm unpatriotic. What I'm saying, let me show you, let me show you how this type of thinking and this type of action does good things and you make your own choice. And then you're angry with me. At least some of you are. I mean, think about that. I've agreed to let you make the decision because I know I'm not going to like it A or B, and you're mad at me for not opposing you. I'm telling you, the people that are most upset with me on this, you don't even want me voting in the elections that you are talking about. I guarantee you, in most of them, I will be in opposition to what you want. I am a, well, not voting is a vote for the other side. Trust me, for many of you, me voting would be a vote for the other side. If you really want me to go into lesser of two evils, I'm going to go into things like, well, who's going to kill the most people? right? Who's going to give the most power to the power elites? Man, my ballot would be all over the place. Republican, libertarian, democrat, this guy's going to be a dog catcher. I mean, trust me, I don't want to run your life and you probably don't want me running your life. Well, my act of voting would be my vote for how to run your life. And I don't see anybody that would do it the way I want it done, so there's nobody for me to vote for. Um, but I'm certainly offering up solutions. The next one is, you should at least vote so you can say you stood for or against something. A couple people said that to me. I appreciate your sentiment, and I think you should for the time being, because that's where you're at in your walk. Okay, But you actually haven't stood for or against something by voting for somebody. You really haven't. You've participated in an exercise. You stand for the Second Amendment by owning firearms and teaching other people to own firearms, setting up a firearms training school, uh, developing safety protocols that help reduce the number of accidents, setting up programs to address whatever's wrong with our children that has them killing each other so there are less schools. This is how you protect the Second Amendment, by working to further responsible firearm ownership To the point where it's not even an issue anymore, because duh, everybody knows. Voting for someone who's pro-Second Amendment, when they're running against somebody who is anti-Second Amendment, when you know the anti-Second Amendment guy is going to win by, let's say, 20% New York City, you haven't stood for anything. You might feel good about it. Okay? You might be able to say, don't blame me, I voted for Kodos. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But the result is the same whiplashing. If you want to stand for it, challenge that unconstitutional legislation in a court of law. You're more likely to get something done. The biggest victory for the Second Amendment in the last 30 years did not happen with a ballot box. It absolutely did not happen with the ballot box. That's not how it happened. The biggest victory for the Second Amendment came from Heller versus D.C. See, and this is where you say, "But see, if we had the wrong president, he would have put the wrong uh, uh, justice in." But you see, your vote, your vote is not going to change who's president, mathematically. Like, like, I understand that you've been programmed by your educational system, by public service announcements, by the Boy Scouts of America, whatever it is. I understand. And I understand that it's just like every child should go to college. It's just it feels so wrong to admit it. But mathematically, you're not going to influence that. If you lived in Florida and knew how to read a ballot, you might have influenced the election with Bush versus Gore. Maybe. I don't know. Right, So if you live in a swing state and you really care which guy's president, you really should vote. You really should. If you live in a swing state or you live in a non-swing state and you think that both of them are the same, then you probably shouldn't. See, everybody should do what's right for them based on their own beliefs. That's liberty. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what this is all about. It isn't about you agreeing with me. It's you having the respect for me to not insult me or be angry with me because I disagree with you. I totally respect anybody in this audience that says, listen to everything you said, Jack, actually agree with most of it, still going to vote. Totally respect someone who says, I think you're out of your mind, batshit crazy, and I'm still going to vote. I think all this matters. Respect you. Used to be you. I voted. I voted for George W. Bush Twice. Maybe now you understand why I don't want to vote anymore. (laughs) Didn't work out. I won, and it didn't work out. Didn't work out really good at all. That's who destroyed the free market in order to save it. That's who brought us the bailouts. That's who prosecuted two wars that we should have never got ourselves into. That's who brought you the Patriot Act. 50% of what you're bitching about the Obama administration done was brought to you by Bush. I know there's technicalities. Trust me, the Second Amendment is my hot-button issue. So when you show me an election where it might go one way or the other, it's actually close, and that is a relevant issue, and that person is actually going to have the ability to influence that decision, I will show up to the polls and I will vote. But that's what you have to do. You have to show me that mathematically it's possible for a few people to change the outcome of something, that it's not predetermined, that the issue is relevant, and that the issue will go the way that I think it should go. Otherwise, there's no incentive for me to vote. It's just doing my duty, which is a non-starter again. If it's my duty to vote, that means somebody's entitled to it. See, that one? that's a hard one to answer. There's really no way around that. If I'm obligated, not required, but you understand the difference between obligated and required. Required would mean if I don't do it, someone's coming to get me. I'm required to pay my taxes. Okay? Obligated means out of a sense of duty and responsibility, you should. So I would say if I see you in harm's way and I think I can help, I'm obligated to help you. I, I believe that. Okay? And that means that I also believe that you have I don't know if entitlement's the right word, but as a human being, you have a right that others who choose to would help you. Okay? It's a reasonable expectation. It is not a reasonable expectation of someone running for office that someone else would vote for them. And it's kind of a trap. If I'm obligated to vote for somebody, then somebody is entitled to my vote. They're not. The next one is, our system isn't perfect, but it's the best that we can do. First of all, I don't think it's the best that we can do. I don't think a system that takes most of the wealth from the hardest working people is the best we can do. I just don't. I don't think a system where one in seven Americans are on food stamps is the best we can do. I don't think a system that has led us to a point where we have $138 trillion in unfunded liabilities, and that's the low number, is the best we can do. I don't think a system that gives us a choice between Barack Obama and Mitt Romney is the best that we can do. I don't think a system that gives me a choice between Greg Abbott and Wendy Davis for governor of my state is the best that we can do. I don't think a system that brought me three terms of Rick Perry, sleaze that he is, is the best that we can do. I don't believe that our system is the best that we can do. The other caveat, or the way people couch that is and say... It's the best that we have. It's the best system out there right now. It's better than anything else. I'm not sure that's the case. I'm not sure there's not an existing government that might be doing it a little bit better, might be respecting the rights of individuals a little bit better than we are. But even if there wasn't, doesn't mean it's good. If I give you five choices of something shitty to eat, and you don't want to eat any of the food that I provide. And I say you get A, B, C, D, or E. Here they are. And I say, I'd eat A if I were you. Pfft, the best thing we make. Sucks, but pretty good. Keep you alive. Are you, should you be required to eat A? <laughs> because it's the best that I can do? See, that's the thing. It's not the best that we can do. It's the best that they can do right now. And controlling us. And making us feel like we have control. I'm going to tell you something now that you may have a hard time believing because you've been so programmed to believe that everybody has a hidden agenda. I have an agenda here. It is not hidden. I've been very forthright about it. I want you to examine, not just in voting, but in all walks of life, things that you just believe to be true or things that you just believe to be false that you really haven't examined. I want you to examine them and determine if they're really true or they're actually false. And then I want you to form an opinion based on fact and reality, not talking points, not emotion, so that you can make your own decisions for yourself going forward. That is my agenda. My agenda is not to convince you to vote one way or the other or to not vote at all. That's not my agenda. I'm going to tell you now why I think you personally should vote if you think it's the right thing to do. Because it is a right. It is a constitutionally protected right, and it is how our system of government functions right now. And if your vote makes you feel that you're on the side of right, and that's important to you, then you sir or madam should vote. Because you're going to have a hard time living with yourself if you don't. If you actually believe that when you show up or you don't show up, the result might change. Then you should vote. I don't think you can mathematically prove it, but if you believe it, that's that's fine. If you think that's an important example to, sh- to 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 demonstrate for others, I think you should vote. I think being unwilling to endorse someone I don't want and give them my vote is an important example to set for others. I don't think you're wrong and I'm right, and I don't think I'm right and you're wrong. I think that's what we both need to do for ourselves. I think if we're going to reform the system, people start to have to have to actually start doing what they really believe versus what they feel they must. I think people need to start acting like human beings and human beings in a natural state act appropriately they do that which is best for themselves and for those they care about. So if you think that's the case you should vote. you should vote. I won't make fun of you for voting. I won't mock you for voting. I won't tell you you're stupid all right that's that's what people do when they can't make a logical objection. you're an idiot you're stupid you're dumb. you're unpatriotic. You're a moron. You're a socialist. You're a fascist. Right? That's what you do when you can't argue the facts. I've made my case to you. I haven't made a case to you about why you should or shouldn't. I've made my case to you about why all your objections, or all the typical objections, are bullshit. People did not die for my personal right to vote. People that risked their lives and died for this nation did so for my right to live my life under our Constitution, however I chose. Which includes not voting. Voting didn't bring us Social Security and the Civil Rights Act. Government did. They used voting to get it done. It was the means by which it was sold to society. And when you look at something like the Civil Rights Act again... We only needed that because there was government that said people didn't have rights or the rights of people were different based on the color of their skin. If government had never infringed on those rights, it wouldn't have been necessary for voters to force government to change. There are important regional and local initiatives. That's the place you should vote. That's the place that I will vote if and when they pop up. One thing on that, though. I've heard from people now, you can't do it. What do you mean you can't do it what I mean is there's places where if you go to vote and they give you a ballot and you only vote like on two ballot initiatives and you don't vote on all the other shit they throw your ballot away so your vote your vote literally doesn't count like like that's the law and there's more and more districts and places where they're putting things in like that in place you mean you, you could just I mean if all you want to do is vote on the initiatives just vote straight ticket you can even, libertarians actually you can even vote libertarian straight ticket I think you can What? I mean, do you realize that that that, that tells you how afraid they are that you'll stop voting? You can't choose to not vote. You have to vote for the whole ballot. I've had several people tell me that's the case. They don't, like, force you to. They just don't count your ballot. It's not considered valid because it's incomplete. Isn't that great? You know? Yes, I get to complain whether I vote or not. You taking my money to do shit I don't want is all the justification I need for that. It is not unpatriotic for me to not vote. It's actually very patriotic for me to follow my heart and my conscience and do the right thing for me. I'm not admitting defeat. That's nonsense. I'm actually declaring victory because I don't need government to tell me that I've done a good job and been a good boy. My vote doesn't really matter. Not this year. There's not a single election I have a prayer in hell of influencing. It just doesn't. Mathematically. I did care enough to run myself, and I found out that's not a good idea. If everyone didn't vote, well, that would be a vote. But it ain't going to happen. Voting for a third party doesn't send a message unless they win. They usually don't. Most of the time when a third party wins, it's just somebody getting back at their own party. The runs as an independent immediately caucuses with the other side. It's irrelevant. I'm not protecting my right to vote by voting. I'm just not. It's not an issue. I am offering up solutions, and many of us who don't vote are far more active in implementing solutions for society than those who vote, and think that's enough. Saying I voted means I stood up for something. Doesn't really matter. You stand up something through personal for something with personal sacrifice. There will be people that listen to this show today that will choose to no longer do business with me because they disagree with me. That's standing up for what you believe in. Doing what everybody says you should do, picking one side or the other, A or B, isn't standing up. Choosing side A or B and fighting for it is standing up. Choosing side C and fighting A and B is standing up. Nothing wrong with the action of voting, but it's not standing for anything. Standing requires commitment. Standing requires sacrifice. Standing requires risk. By going down to the polls, picking up a piece of paper, and checking some boxes, you've not risked anything. You've stood for nothing. You've participated in a political exercise. And if that's valid for you, so be it. But don't mistake yourself with the person that actually gets shit done. When your side always is going to win or always going to lose. Those who stand for something risk something. That's what makes it standing. And our system isn't the best we can do. You really have no right to be angry with us that do not vote. I have to tell you, it's the last thing you would want. If all of the people who choose not to vote, not the people that like, I don't vote because I don't care, man doesn't matter. Screw it. Huh? The, the 18, 19-year-old kid's is like, I don't care. I don't even watch the news. I don't care. right? That's all what I'm talking about. The people that have made a conscious decision and have said ethically and morally, I see no purpose to me voting this time around. Most of you that are upset with us do not want us to be making the call for you. Because your government would be so much smaller than you can imagine. It really would. You're better off that we're not participating in this. Now you could say, well, I'm for smaller government. You're probably not in the way that we are. Right? You, you you're probably if we were like, you know what we need to do? We need to phase out Social Security. How many of you people that vote that think I should vote would would be for that? I want to get rid of it. I want to eliminate it. Well, what about the old people? No, we we have people that are on this system now. We have to come up with a plan. But in 20 years, this thing should not exist in any shape or form anymore. We should wean our way off of it, and people that are stuck in it that are young should have ways to buy their freedom and move their investments into the private sector or invest nothing in their future if that's what they want to do. Most of you would not be for that. What about schools? We need to vote to influence Okay, well, my, my view, and I think the view of many people who choose not to vote, is the public school system is an absolute disaster. We don't want it anymore. We want it obsoleted. We're not necessarily directly opposed to its very existence. We're just saying we should. We think we should take away the state's ability to say that any student has to be educated in any way. That just you shouldn't have. You should have that ability. You could. We're actually okay with you still saying, but we will provide the ability for that to happen. Well, what about the kid that doesn't get an education? See, that infers that every kid that goes to school gets an education. Now, there's plenty of kids that aren't getting an education. I think the Dallas school district has a graduation rate from high school of like 54%. I mean, and a lot of those people, I'm sorry, they're not educated. They don't really know anything. They can't do anything. So I would like to see education changed the following way. No more compulsory education. Parents have a right to educate their child any way they see fit. Any and every way that they see fit. I know you're, you're about all reasons that's terrible. This is why you don't want me voting. See, by the time you get to this point, this is where you are. The whole reason you're not voting is I don't want to control other people's lives. So that means I don't want to control your choice. And if we want to have some sort of a tax system that provides a public education outlet, and every child has the opportunity to go to the public education system if they and their parents choose to, fine, I'll make that deal. Don't necessarily know it's necessary, but I'll make if, if we can get rid of the compulsory component. If we can stop telling parents what they must teach their children, if we can let anybody that wants to set up a school, charge parents whatever they want to, from a little to a lot, and stay out of their business, and let the free market determine which students are actually most capable, I'm all for it. Do you really want me voting? Do you really? See, that's why you shouldn't be mad at us. You're probably not for the things that we're for. And if we did vote, we probably wouldn't vote the way you want us to. Okay? And <laughs> here's the interesting thing. What I found with people, this is a never ending thing. So I'll have somebody tell me, oh, we gotta, we got to get rid of Republicans. And I go, well, in this election, I'd vote for, if I was going to vote, if you made me, if you put a gun to my head, said, vote for Romney or Obama, or I will blow your brains out, I would have voted for Romney. And then the same person that was just consumed with the very fact that you didn't vote goes, oh my god, no! (laughs) And it can go the other way. It can go the other way. Especially depending on the office. What's so-and-so's stance on the Second Amendment? I don't know. Is city comptroller, is he going to have any influence on that? No? Then I don't give a shit. I'm more concerned with what his stance is on money and running the town's budget and Making sure that we don't have anybody cooking the books. Because that's his job. So that's, But he's a Democrat. I don't care. That's what I would be concerned about. we have to send a message. I don't want to send a message. I think it's already wrong that we're taking so much of people's money in in the form of taxation. But if we're going to do it, I at least want us to be accountable to the way that it's done. And I don't want anybody stealing any money. I want it all every penny accounted for. So I don't give a shit if the guy's Democrat, Libertarian. I don't care if he's freaking Tunisian. If he's going to do that job right, he'd get my vote. So you shouldn't be mad at us that don't vote. You're probably not going to vote the way you would want us to. Which means that our, our choice not to vote is not a vote for the other side. It's probably a vote for your side. Anyway, again, I really hope that everybody out there believes what I've said so many times in this episode. My objective today is not to challenge whether or not you should vote. It's the challenge... Your acceptance of things that are just considered to be fact, just because everybody says them all the time. Everybody should go to college. Everybody. Every child should go to college. Your vote really matters. Checks in the mail. And with that, this has been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. we forget we are what we eat I don't know the answer it's like there's nothing I can do it's the price we pay I guess we